everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Log Box Guys. With me, as always, is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing good, and I'm having a nice classic Julius from Treehouse. Oh, Julius, that's a good beer right there. Tommy, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some R-Stone Scotch. Seacast, 10-year-old single malt scotch. It is delicious. Does that Seacast give me kind of a salty beer? Uh, not like your weekend, but no. <laughs> well, that was just because I was sucking a lot of dick. Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing excellent, and I am drinking an A&W root beer because... Stuff. 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 Mikey must be working hard on some stuff that he's also doing. I am drinking, uh, I was drinking something I call a scurvy captain, which is uh, coconut rum and spiced rum. Uh, it's actually really good. I, I would just, I mean, I'm not coconut rum, coconut water and spiced rum. And it was really good. But then I wanted to switch over to scotch because uh, uh, I wanted to see the stars. Speaking of seeing the stars. Kitty Price, who we're talking about today, someone who actually dated a Star Lord. Yeah, that's true. The segue is not a good one. I didn't phase myself into that very well. Ah, uh-huh. that, uh-huh. that, that was better. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Mikey, do you want to give us a little bit of history on uh, Kitty Pride? And uh, we can't go like too deep because the lore is it's just huge. <laughs> Yeah, so Catherine Pride, a.k.a. Kitty Pride, a.k.a. Shadowcat, a.k.a. Ariel, a.k.a. Uh, Sprite. Sprite, a.k.a. Star-Lord, a.k.a. Star-Lady, a.k.a. The Red Queen, a.k.a. Catherine, or Captain Kate Pride. I don't know if I'm missing any others, but I could be. She first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 129 back in 1980 and was the first really new addition to the new team of X-Men. If you consider the giant size X-Men number one, that team, uh, this was the first real addition that they had. And like the original X-Men, she was a teenager, whereas the rest of the team at this point, they were all adults. So it brought a interesting dynamic to the group. She was originally being recruited by the uh, Hellfire Club, uh, but she ended up joining the X-Men instead to learn how to master her phasing powers. In addition to being able to phase through solid objects, she doesn't need to breathe. Uh, when she's phased. Uh, she has survived in the vacuum of space while she was phased. That's how I know she didn't need to breathe. Is that new? Because I kind of remember that she, when she first had her power, she, she would and hold I, her breath with, when going through doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, that was out of the Josh Whedon's Astonishing X-Men series. All right. Wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy there. No, uh, you are not. She is also a master swordsman and uh, a ninja. Sure. Yeah. 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 Can you believe it? When she does phase through electronic objects, she does mess up their circuitry. She is able to really do some damage to centers. Uh, 
And I think that's it for her power set. She has been on a lot of teams. Oh, did uh, you have she, another power? Well, she can she can walk on air. She can she can move in almost any direction she wants to because she can uh, step and phase as she's moving. So, like I said, the stairs she can kind of fly through the air. Or would you call that something else? Air no, walking. It, air walking. It's a, it's a, fifth, it's a fifth level spell. Yeah, because she. If she didn't have that ability, every time she'd phase, she'd go right into the earth. To the center of the earth, yeah. Yeah. Very convenient. Not that's much that's the best. Yeah. You, you could use your power once. Yeah. Like the great gods' ability to blow himself up in dynamite. Right. Like the yeah. mad wilder what bombs at midnight. So, uh, in addition to being a member of the X-Men, let's see. We know she's been a member of the Marauders. Yep. Uh, Excalibur. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Indeed. Various other X-Men teams. Well, when she was the Red Queen, who was she the Red Queen with? She was the Red Queen of the Hellfire Club. So she was a member of the Hellfire Club, too. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I'm forgetting. Uh, I could be. She's had a very long history. S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. Uh, yeah. So for a character that appeared in 1980, she is pretty much... Without ever having her own series, other than Wisdom and Pride, I would say she's pretty much continuously had a series that she's been in, or at least something to explain where she was when uh, up until. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. And, uh, and she really has kind of grown up a lot, which oh, doesn't yeah. always happen. Yeah, she's one of the the comic book characters that actually has aged. She started off as a teenager, and now in the before the Hickman run on X Men, she was uh, she was one of the instructors, at the Jean Grey School for Gifted Students. And uh, when the time traveling original X-Men team appeared in modern day, she became one of their instructors, which was interesting juxtaposition to her having all these experienced X-Men who were not experienced at that point as her uh, students. And it was very cool because at the time, uh, I mean, she's dated a lot of people. One of the people that she dated was Iceman and she was the teacher for this young Iceman who knew he was gay and was like, I can't believe I, I would have ever dated her. She's so mean. <laughs> I, I have no idea what I would have seen in her or I will see in her. I don't so understand. Mean. Time travel. Ah. I, I did like that somebody pointed out that two of Bobby Drake's girlfriends was Rogue, a girl he couldn't touch, and Kitty, a girl who if she didn't want to be touched, couldn't be touched. Sure. You could go listen to our Iceman podcast for that. Kitty has dated a lot of people, right? So, so well, let's, some of those, like, uh, but some of them were just kind of. I don't. I don't even know what you call it dating. More than like, like middle school dating. Like her relationship with Doug Ramsey was mostly platonic, but it also they were dating a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, but it was more like high school dating. We went to sock hops together and, and shit like that. It was very low-key dating. 
Yeah, except- other than like her relationship with Peter, who's much more romantic. Yeah. And then we have Pe- well, let's, let's, who else we got there? Well, Colossus. We got Peter, Doug, Star Peter Quill. Star Lord. She likes Peters. She likes. Uh-huh. Was it? I, I seem to recall that she was attracted to a female at one point. She was uh, like, like her? I don't know. I know she, in the Ultimate Universe, she dated Peter Parker. Oh, neat. <laughs> She's a three-peat type of guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, LT. Nicely that's done. Not, that's yeah. not bad. That's pretty not good. Bad. That's pretty good. Three, that's, all right. All right. Come on, guys. All right. Good job. Four. Pete Wisdom. Pete Wisdom? Who's Pete Wisdom? Uh, from Excalibur. Oh, yeah. Four Pete. Oh, she really is after that. Yeah, get one more. I think she could be a five Pete, five Pete, five Pete, five Pete, five Pete champion. I don't actually know if that was Wisdom's first name or not, but it seems right, doesn't I, it? I, I want it to be <laughs> so bad. There's nothing I want more. I'm pretty sure. All right, she's had some great, great storylines and some great stuff. Uh, Josh, I love the one. One of my favorites, the first time I really fell in love with this character was the storyline from the comic book that's displayed behind you. Is that Was that your fave? Uh, no, it's a good book, yeah. It's a good book. Well, then I'm going to talk about it real quick. Sure. Because um, Kitty Pryde is Jewish. It was the Christmas vacation. A lot of the X-Men went home or went to do something. And Kitty Pryde was alone in the mansion. And it was attacked by one member of the brood. Is that correct? There was only one, as I recall. Yeah. I just read this comic book like a week ago. And she has to find a way to fight it. Her powers are incredibly defensive, but at this point in time, not very offensive. She does develop some terrific offense in the future iterations of this character. She does. Uh, But at this point, it's mostly phasing. So she tricks the alien into following her into the danger room at its highest level while she's phasing through, and the alien is taking damage. She tricks the alien into uh, following her through walls, which are doing damage to the alien as she's trying to get through it. And then finally, she fools a Ripley and gets the Blackbird jet to disintegrate it with the jets. Which, by the way, Josh loves pointing out such a ripoff of the movie. It's insane. Uh, but that comic book, you know, she she's... At the end of the comic book, she explains to the press what happens. She explains to uh, Storm what happens. And she's very sorry that she wrecked so much of the mansion. So much of the mansion. She thinks she's in trouble. But everyone's very proud of her for having fought this up. And I think this is kind of the coming-of-age story of Kitty. And also, one of the first girls, I was like, oh, I like girl. All right. All right, Tom. Good to know you also me. like Home Alone. Yeah, I also like Home Alone. <laughs> so that, that's one of my very, very favorite. I get a couple other people to talk about. Uh, I can't. Nobody had to drink it. That one. That was no one else's favorite. Uh, I mean, it's a good story. Yeah. Right. That's a very right time. And what's your favorite? So I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I I do like the one that oh, you were talking about, favorite. but I didn't want to pick that one because I knew you were going to talk about it. So instead, I'm going to talk about X Men Volume One Primer uh, from 2013 to 2015, Volume One, where Kitty Pride and the X Men which uh, consists of Storm and Rogue and a couple of other people, um, they have to defend the Earth against this 
bacterial technovirus called Archaea that takes over uh, Karima Shandapar. I don't know if I'm, spell- I'm not pronouncing that right. It's a body with all of that character's implants and then tries to infect the world. And Kitty is instrumental in taking down that character because of her power over electronics and how it screws things up. She was one of the more uh, one of the more useful characters in that comic to take down this this massive technovirus that just kept trying to reproduce and spread throughout the world and take over the world. And even though it was trying to take over the world, I drove an Archaea for a while and they were they were fine, honestly. <laughs> I don't see why people put them down so hard. They're fine, but they're not great. But why had a 2012 Kia that had air-conditioned seats? It was great. I'm just saying, my soul is just okay. Uh, yeah, your soul have to do with is not okay, dude. I've met you. I've talked to you. Your, your soul is not okay. Josh, what's your pick? Well, I mean, we did talk about this last week, but Kitty Pride and Wolverine, I'll take the other side of that. Kitty Pride gets abducted, goes to Japan, and gets taught to be a superior martial artist and swordswoman. And uh, combined with her phasing ability, it just makes her absolutely deadly. It's the first time I was like, man, phasing, that's an ability. That is. And she whoops some, she whoops some folks after that. And this is when she started using uh, the ability to walk on air. I think that's the first time I saw she shadow danced for the first time, as she called it. Uh, And she started using that phasing ability uh, offensively, and it can be terrifying. I think the only other time I saw her use it where she phased someone's foot into the floor, which, by the way, incredibly painful and probably deadly. Probably deadly. Probably deadly at some point. I mean, you got to get that foot out somehow. That's a lot of blood. Uh, And, I mean, she can literally probably reach into your head and turn solid or solid-ish. So, yeah, it's a pretty deadly skill set. Uh, Mike, what do you got for your fave? So I I do like Kitty Pride. The The first time I read her was the X-Men um, Teen Titans crossover. And at the ah. very back of the book, it said, you know, this was brought to you by Kitty Pride. And I thought it was like a cat litter commercial like, or a cartoon that they had in the back, an advertisement or something. I was like, that's very strange. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I, I think my two favorite ones are from one, when she discusses anti-Semitism in my favorite X-Men comic of all time, God Love loves man kills um if you haven't read it you should go check it out it is amazing because it's all it discusses the way people weaponize religion uh to attack the other and then a another one where she pointed out you know her jewish identity and her mutant identity uh which are both very important to her uh, was in one of the all-new X-Men. I don't know which series, but uh, she was responding to Havoc had made a statement on behalf of the Unity team, basically saying, hey, you know, we should all try to get along and 
he had mentioned that, you know, mutants tend to scare people. Uh, so they should work hard to integrate themselves in with the human population, the, uh, you know, the homo sapiens and the homo superiors, right? Kitty wanted none of that. She was like, this is bullshit. And let me tell you why. One, I'm a cute white girl, but I don't really have that much of a Jewish look, but still I'm Jewish and I can blend in with the human population other than like a number of the other mutants. However, uh, because of that, that gives me uh, a, a special privilege that people who look very Jewish and people who look very mutant don't have and trying to blend in rather than being who you are is a disservice to yourself and the rest of our people. Um, it, it was, it was a really good response. Uh, I think, I think it's in all, all new X-Men number 13. Again, don't ask me what, uh, which volume of all new X-Men, but uh, it's the one with the, uh, the baby X-Men team uh, from the past. Where she yeah, that's pretty struggling. recent, right? That's like yeah, I think it was 2014, 15, something like that, maybe? I think 20, yeah, 2013, 14, somewhere around there. Around there. Yeah. I like how eight years is somewhat recent. From, yeah. For old people. For old yeah, people. For, yeah, yeah, for us, yeah, it's getting pretty recent. Seems like Seems yeah. like Katrina was yesterday to me. <sighs> Uh, I, there's got to be a couple of good honorable mentions. I loved uh, X-Men versus Dracula. Kitty Pride's uh, Jewish history comes out in that one pretty well. Uh, Kitty Pride's fairy tale, I've talked about it a dozen times. It's basically her putting uh, Ileana to sleep with this very cute, uh, very low-stakes adventure where everyone's in this fantasy world, and it's just good fun. And uh, anybody else have any other was like that that just I thought she was excellent in the Excalibur series but I'd also recommend the Hickman the beginning of the Marauder series because she plays a pirate captain and the reason she becomes the captain of a ship is because Krakoa has portals that allow mutants to go in and out but she is the only mutant who it does not work for and did we ever find out why that is, by the way? Because I never found that out. They couldn't figure it out. It was theorized that it's because of her phasing ability uh, would interfere in the teleportation. But nobody got a real answer. And even that, because all of the brains of the X-Men weren't really concerned about one mutant's problem, <laughs> specifically hers. It's like, all right, take a fucking boat. <laughs> I, I've always had my own interpretation of that. I think Krakoa needed an outsider to protect Krakoa, which is what the Marauders were doing. They were traveling the world, gathering up other mutants. Mutants. So Krakoa kind of chose her. And in my mind, it's Krakoa chose her and rejected her at the same time to make her the misfit that's outside, helping get the people inside. But that's just my interpretation. Yeah, that's fair. And I think we should also say 
probably the coolest pet. Not pet, partner. I don't know what you would call a Lockheed. Sidekick. Sidekick. Is he a sidekick? I, I think he's a sidekick. partner. I'd go with sidekick. Okay. Not, not quite all the way yeah. to the in my I'll go sidekick. He's not always around. He he's he's uh his location is uh is and his appearances are are scattered enough where I don't consider him a partner. It's not like in Heroes for Hire, eighty percent of the comics are just one of them, right? What would you consider uh, Misty Knight? An acquaintance. I think Lockheed's more ally. Than acquaintance. Ally. Right. Yeah. Ally. Well, Lockheed's definitely an ally. Maybe we can put him in the ally section then. But a close ally. Bonded ally. Familiar. Ooh. I'll go with that. Familiar with a life of his own also. Like, hey, I'm your familiar. But I got but a lot going on. I got... I got my own stuff. Got a couple things in the fire. A couple irons in the fire. <laughs> Look, there's some dragony type stuff I need to do. I don't want to get into it. The whole dragon thing. whole dragon thing. Get crazy. Get crazy. <laughs> Uh, any last words on Kitty Pride? Just uh, uh, one of the other things in 2000, I think it was 17, a uh, a Marvel artist decided to uh, particularly use a episode, uh, an issue about her Jewish faith to put his own political messaging in there that caused quite an uproar in the comic community. And I can't remember his name. As well, no one else will because he yeah. never worked for Marvel never again. Yeah, yeah. He, he put a lot of little secret messages in the background. Is that right, Josh? He did, yeah, mm-hmm. into the art in the in the issues, yeah. Do you want to yeah. give us a couple of examples? I mean, I know there was a pawn shop involved in one. Well, there was, there was a, a jewelry, jewelry store. store. Kind of yeah. jewelry store pawn shopping kind of thing. But, yeah, but it was says Jew right above Kitty Pride. Yeah. Yeah. The way it was drawn. Right, so it could be jewelry store or, <laughs> but it uh, just like jewelry. And some of the uh, the first the one I think that t-shirts. yeah, the first one that I think really was blatant and tipped everyone off is as Peter is wearing a t-shirt that has a reference to a passage in the Quran. Uh, it is QS five fifty one. I don't know exactly what it, but it is. It's a, uh, it's a it misinterpreted. Is a yeah. yeah. It is like a kind passage to Christians and Jews. You don't know everything in the Quran, Josh? I not. You have a degree in philosophy, man. Yes. By the way, I just looked it up. It is Pete Wisdom. It is? It's a four Pete, baby. A four Pete. It is a four Pete, and that makes me so damn happy. Now I just want somebody to retcon Doug to be a Pete. I know. <laughs> Look, we found your birth certificate. Your Pete Doug. Just date another Pete for God's sake. Come on. Uh, Tommy, sweet sweet Tommy, what do you got at the front of the long box? The front of the long box, I have Peacemaker tries hard number one, which came out May second of this year. So it is in the front of the long box. That's fresh. That's steamy fresh. Yeah. Steamy, steamy fresh. fresh. So crap. in this, Peacemaker is basically going to the store. He's having a good living his life, trying to organize a party for the weekend. And he gets a call from his old pal, Amanda Waller, 
saying, hey, I got a job for you if you don't want your head to explode. Uh, and he is tasked with taking down a terrorist group. And he does that. In the midst of that, he finds this cute little stray dog, which he takes in for his own. And at the end of the issue, the dog is kidnapped. And Peacemaker is told that if he wants to see the dog, he will go to the wastewater treatment plant and meet up with the brain. And there at the wastewater treatment plant is the brain and Monsieur Mala. And both of them are there to task Peacemaker with getting uh, uh, Deathstroke's DNA so that Brain can create a body for him to inhabit because he wants to be flesh again. Wow, he should just go talk to the ultra humanite. Yeah. I mean, that would have saved a lot of time if he could have just said, hey, man, how'd you can do I it? have a body? <laughs> well, unfortunately, the ultra humanite uh, like implants his brain into other bodies. He doesn't really care about like what happened to that, that other brain. <laughs> yeah. Collateral damage. It's all fine. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, what do you at the back of the long box? At the back of the long box, we are going back into the banned books. Uh, if you can see this. Yeah, no. Dean. Laura Dean with me. Laura Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me by Mariko Tamaki and Rosemary Valero O'Connell. It is a book designed to be read by high schoolers because it is a book about high schoolers. Uh, Freddie is the main character. She is uh, in love with Laura Dean, and Laura Dean keeps on. Breaking up with her. Um, it is a book about being in love and being in a toxic relationship and realizing that the relationship you're in makes you a worse person because of it. No matter how much you love the person, you have to realize, is this making me a better person or a worse person? And it takes a while for her to do it, but she eventually does. One of the reasons that this is a banned book is, well, there's actually two reasons uh, that people are protesting it. One, the two, uh, the main character, Freddie, is a lesbian, and there are several queer uh, characters in this book, which for some people that's enough uh, to say that it should not be in schools. Uh, and the other reason is one of the characters in here gets an abortion. But uh, I thought it was a very good book, especially good for teenagers, because it does talk about being in toxic relationships and being able to realize, you know, hey, am I being a good friend or a bad friend? Because a lot of teenagers are self-absorbed, and Freddie is no exception. She is self-absorbed with her problems and to the detriment of her friends. So, yes. I would recommend this for high school students. It's uh, That's what the book was designed for, and that's who should be reading it. But adults will still enjoy it. But I like it, too. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good book. I like good books. 
I'll give it a nice tag next to the bed. That's a little tangential. Josh, tangents are your purview. What do you got for us as a tangent this week? Hmm. If you don't have one, I have one. I'll Ooh. rock it out, Mike. Oh. I will. I will. Uh, I will acquiesce. We got your first comic book crush. Because I think I already know what Tom's was. You know mine. Go ahead and say it, Mikey. It was Kitty Pride, right? I, I crushed on her so I like I didn't know what to do with myself. I crushed on her so hard. I like like she's not real. Like how can this be like this was like the kind of crush where like, oh my god, I love her. She doesn't exist. Um, you know. Other people their first crush was like Fair Fawcett or like yeah, no shot, but at least they existed in our dimension. <laughs> and I was like, I had this real thought in my head. I was like, this is insane. That's my first real crush. But man, that, that really, honest to gosh, was my first real crush. First time I even thought about, you know, how cute girls were, really. For me, it was Black Canary. The whole reason I collected the Green Arrow or Green Lantern Green Arrow series was because Black Canary in those fishnet stockings. <laughs> it was the fishnet stockings, wasn't it, buddy? Uh, it, it was the whole, the blonde wig, everything was working for me. Yeah, fishnet stockings are something. Tommy, what do you got there, buddy? I never really had a comic book crush. You're, 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 you're. I mean, boring. but, but I will say that Santana. Uh, was a very good character design. Let's say once again, fish and stockings. Yeah. I don't know that I have one either. Really? Yeah. Well, this, seems, by the way. this seems strange to Tom and I, because yeah. I'm, I'm betting we've had more than one. Yeah. Like Dawnstar after that for me. I mean, I know I got into comics later than you did, Mike. Well, what do you mean by later? It had to be later. I'm older than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, like, I didn't, like, I didn't really read comics until my my teenage years. Yeah. That's what, well, I mean, you probably already had a couple of crushes by then. I guess is what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I didn't like, I didn't really have a crush. All right, that's fine. Judy Jensen, number three, by the way, with a. <laughs> with a bullet. <laughs> Josh, that, huh? It's okay. No big deal. Is this the time you're going to come out and actually, you know, just say it? Just say it, man. Just say it. It was harpooned. <laughs> See, I, I, thought, I thought LT was going to say Iron Man. The Mark III. <laughs> the, oh, the Mark Seven. Which one? Wait, which oh. one had which one has the marks? roller skates? I was gonna say the Mark Seven. I went with harpoon, by the way, for you, Josh. I, uh, just, just a roll of the dice. Just yeah, fine. yeah, I see. I know. Three to eighteen, harpoon is a weapon. Josh, go. Uh, because of a story, I'm gonna give it an eighteen. Oh, uh, what story? Jesus. Okay, so uh. Small, uh, small U.S. geography fact. There are two places in the country that speak the same dialect of French, uh, the Cajuns, and also in northern Maine, the Acadians. Same dialect of the language. 
Okay. So just when those folks came to the U.S., they split into two groups. Some people ended up down there. Some people up ended up in northern Maine. So this whaler from Maine uh, who had made a lot of money in Acadian, made a lot of money, decided to reunite with his family down in New Orleans. So he sold his fleet, took his nouveau riche money and became, you know, like a gentry in in Louisiana. Uh, now, he was still you know, pretty backwoods for people up there as he was a, you know, was a whaler and a sailor. And so at a social event in uh, in New Orleans, he got into a scuffle and was challenged by a gentleman there. And since the gentleman challenged him, he got to choose the weapons. Are you kidding me? This is a real story. And he chose harpoons and murdered and killed that man in a duel. What fucking story? I got to read this now. I need to look it up. It's a it's a true story. Harpoon. So. They met on a bat. They met in a park. And he they killed him turned, with a harpoon. They walked 20 feet. Kind of deal. Yep. Oh, I need this in my life so bad. Uh, so 18. 18 for Josh. Mikey. Wow. First, Main Justice Saturday Night Live skit makes a whole lot more sense to me now. <laughs> Uh, I am going to also give Harpoon as a weapon an 18 only if it is used in a suicide. Damn right it is. Damn right. <laughs> no explanation needed. <laughs> Tommy. After Josh's story, I think I have to give it an 18. <laughs> yeah, Damn story. And I myself have always thought of the Harpoon as the pinnacle of weapon technology. I mean... I mean, I knew it was useful for Inuits, and, uh, you know, I, I do like people clubbing a seal every, every now and again, and it was popular for whalers, but after Josh's story. Yeah. I, I hope to God there's a YouTube video. It's got to be. Someone must. I'm making it. Josh is. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can Josh recreate it. Oh, yeah. yeah Josh is recreation, it. yeah. Yeah, you made it uh, seem like you wanted to see the actual original. duel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure someone did a drunk history of this or something like it is what I'm saying to you. Yes. Josh, we just heard it. Uh, we just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm an 18 too. All right, great. Plugs coming up. Mikey, I think you're going to a con pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to WonderCon, but we were not picked up for a panel there. But our friend Sasha Kaplan is going to be doing Jewish representation in uh, superhero movies. Uh, Superhero so, movies. Yes. Oof. All well, right. That's awesome, Con, right? Uh, uh, what did I say? You said WonderCon. Wonder oh, yeah, it's awesome, Con, not WonderCon. Okay. Don't listen to me. That's in uh, Washington, Washington D.C., correct? Yeah. Right, great. Juneteenth weekend. Oh, I miss Juneteenth in Memphis. Man, we did it right. I wish Juneteenth was a bigger celebration around the rest of the country. Memphis, it's huge. Texas, it's huge. Tommy, anything to plug? I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com. Johnny Scott Walker Rocks glasses, Saki sets, you name it, they got it. If you want apparel, you have to go to ianlito.com to get t-shirts. Nice. Ah, double rousing. <laughs> But all your needs can be found at ianlino.com and geekorthodox.com. Dane wants a blessed is the geek shirt. 
Blessed is the geek shirts they have. Nice. Anybody um, else got plugged? Uh, what do they have to plug? Jesus. Hey, you know, I want to play AEW. They had a pay-per-view over the weekend called Double or Nothing. Seriously, one of the best pay-per-views that have aired in years. Just great stuff. They had an exploding shoe on a super kick. Guy took the time, the effort, and the energy that it takes to load a sneaker with explosives and then kick someone in the face with it. That's that's something. That's dedication. Dedication. Uh, it was just a, a really crazy uh, match, really crazy show, and uh, it was really really good. Plus, uh, the uh, the uh, app DraftKings lets you bet on the show. And since I've written shows, I had a pretty good idea how it was going to go down. So I won 45 bucks. They <laughs> nice. let you bet on something scripted. Yeah, they do. And if you're paying, like, really good attention, it's not that hard to get a few of them right. But some of them are so random. So let me let me break this down for you, Josh, to tell you how it's not easy, easy, easy to win. So you have to pick stuff like, who will the first person to use a chair shot? All right. You can okay. look at the card and you can kind of figure that okay. out. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you might get that wrong. Yeah. First person uh, in the main event to go for a pinfall. Eh, you might not be able to guess that right off the bat. Who wins what? You can look and see if any posters were printed about next week. It seems show. like a lot of people would know that, have that information. I, I and looked have at access some of these shows game. that were printed for next week, and I got a couple of those right, right off the bat. <laughs> those were my gimmies. Uh, first outside interference. That was hard to guess. Uh, first time, uh, first big chant in a crowd. Which one would it be? I got that one right because I knew the uh, the Ass Boys were coming in, and Ass Boys chant is ubiquitous. As soon as the Ass Boys came out, the Ass Boy chant went out. I'm like, I got that one. That's a freebie, freebie. Uh, but you can you can win up. One guy won fourteen thousand dollars in this free pool. On DraftKings from AEW, and uh, he got uh, 14 right. I got nine right, and that brought me down to like 45 bucks. If I got like two more right, it would have been so much better. It's fun, and it, it was a really good show too. It's like betting on the coin toss at, uh, I, but you know if they're doing stuff, unless you know the exact order of the matches, it would. Uh, you're probably going to end up losing. Well, we did know the exact order of the matches because you can look at the pay-per-view card. Yeah, but the card doesn't necessarily always depict what's going to be it's where true. in the show. Yeah. It, you the, can the, guess that that's what it's going to be. Sure. Like the first chair shot, like I said with Josh, that's kind of hard to pick because it might not come up to like the third match. Uh, so that one was kind of a wild card one. You, you, unless... There's some people that are just known for that. Like the chairman of the board. He was up in the, he in the sixth uh, match. It's going to happen before then, so I didn't pick him. So, yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of fun using my wrestling knowledge uh, to, uh, to to play that pool. And it was a good show. Good show. AEW's putting on some good shows. I'm going to uh, plug Mark Russell. Uh, if you are yeah. an Eisner voter... You should be voting for the fifth long box guy, Mark Russell, as best writer. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there, Mikey. Uh, I think um, – what's the one that we're all rooting for this one? Space, space Age, right? 
That's yeah. what we're all kind Superman of thinking. Superman Space Age. And, Space Age, uh, that was just a... Ooh, that, was, that was something. What's the Mission to Mars one? Tommy? Uh, um, uh, Mikey would know. Yeah, Mikey <laughs> does know. He just can't say it because his furnace is going off. I know, it's driving him nuts. Praying to <laughs> yeah. Mala. Traveling to Mars. Traveling to Mars. Uh, Mark Russell can do pretty much no. I can't even point at something that Mark Russell has totally missed the mark on. Uh, some haven't been in my wheelhouse, of course, but uh, nothing I've ever said was bad. Uh, Mark Russell can almost do no wrong in my mind. And getting him a couple more Isers, totally worth it. Anybody other plugs? Uh, we're all going to Terrific coming up, right? What's that? That's coming up pretty soon. Sometime in July? Yeah. I'm going to see the Aces play in Mohegan Sun next week. Uh, WNBA team, the Aces, having a great year this year. And uh, looking forward to seeing them in Mohegan Sun. Go look up the Aces. Good women's basketball. Oh, the Golden Knights are crushing it this year. I like Vegas teams, what can I say? Anybody else have anything to say? That's it? I'm good. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, what do you got to say? Hey, get your vaccination if you don't have it. Get a booster if you need it. Get your shots. Shot, 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 shot. And Josh, terrific guy. Is that your sector? Mohegan Sun will be my sector. How far are you from Mohegan Sun? Less than an hour. Okay, come over while we're watching the Aces. We're going to be uh, in the casino for most of the day. We're spending the night there. Okay. Wow, we'll go drinking. Have a good time. Mike, how far are you from Mohegan Sun? 15 minutes. <laughs> come to Mohegan Sun. Spend the night. He doesn't need to spend the night. He, Fine, he, lives like he could stumble. 10 minutes away. <laughs> He, he, he could, could walk back. <laughs> he could he could get an Uber for like yeah. less. <laughs> Good point. Mikey, sweet sweet Mikey, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, it's okay. Mikey Mikey's uh, first is going. Did instead, I'll just say this: Don't do what you hate. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you for the long box, guys. Love you. Bye bye. Bye bye.